Welcome to the Made in China podcast, where we explore the evolving perception of China over the last decade. I'm your host, Navruz Karimov. In this episode, we are joined by Firdav Sharifi, a 28-year-old cardiovascular and hybrid surgeon born in Dushanbe. Firdavs has a unique journey from studying medicine in China to trading medical goods between the PRC and Tajikistan. Today, we will delve into his experience and insights at the intersection of healthcare and business relations between China and Central Asia. Firdavs, welcome to the show. Oh, hey there, Nauruz. It's really nice to uh, see you and meet you here. And thank you for inviting me for this podcast. And it's really fun to do something like this, except of the uh, hospital job, you know. Can you tell us about your background a little bit? And why did you go to China for your education? Uh, well, I graduated high school just as a usual high school teenager in here. And then uh, my brothers actually, is a, both of them are businessmen. Uh, they went to China a long time ago, around 20 years ago. And after high school, they decided to take me along to the board, you know. And uh, in 2011, when I went to China, it was, um, it was a great opportunity to go to universities because it was really easy for us to apply as a foreigners, you just had to uh, pay the tuition fee and without any exams, just get into university. Uh, what, what did you study there? I graduated um, medical bachelor and bachelor of surgery. It's an MBBS course. Uh, it's five years plus one. I did my internship there. Well, basically I graduated med school there. Mm -hmm. And what are the big differences between the medical system in China and medical system in Tajikistan? Well, medical system in China is more like a medical system in Europe and America, but not all the universities. Uh, personally, my university was uh, top 10 in the, uh, in the whole country in medical sphere. And the difference is there are two types of systems to study medicine. Basically, there's seven-year ones and six-year ones. They call them MBBS, Medical Bachelor and Bachelor of Surgery. And as we have it in here, the post-Soviet, the Soviet, system is uh, when you uh, study medicine for seven years and then you go through the uh, residencies and internships and basically you study the same but the systems and the years are different. Okay, can you um, share any interesting story from China? Well, um, I went to China in 2011 and I came back in 2019. End of 19. I got lucky to come back right a week before pandemic started. So almost 10 years and there are so many interesting stories. For example, first day of my university and I have this dream always in my, in my, in my, you know, since I was a kid, always had a dream to go to, uh, to go abroad and have a, like this international vibe, international community. So I go there, I went, I went into the class. And I felt like I'm the only foreigner there. Well, it was an international batch. All of the students were foreigners, but I see people divided into two groups. Basically, there are like 35 Indians and 35 Somalis. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there was, they're great people though. They're really, really great people. And uh, my expectations weren't like um, as, you know, my, whatever he came to me, but it was fun. It was fun. It, it, the cultural exchange between Indians and Somalis, and then I'm the only Tajik in between. Actually, I'm the only Tajik since 1948 who graduated med school in China. There are students who graduated medicine in China, but only in Chinese, and most of them are Chinese medicine, like traditional Chinese medicine. But international medicine, uh, I think I'm still the only Tajik who graduated from China as a medical 
student and made it to be, become a doctor. Usually people, when they study abroad and they study medicine, they end up doing something else. Wow, that's a fascinating story. And how did you get into the logistic business during your studies? I guess it happened that time. I've never saw myself as a businessman, to be honest, but when responsibilities came, you had to do something. I was a student and I had to pay my tuition fee. As I said before, that uh, the good thing about China is that back in the days, we didn't have to have any kind of exams, the entrance exams. We just had to pay the tuition fee and, well, the dorm fee uh, to get enrolled into university. Uh, back in the times, it was 30,000 30, RMB. It was about $5,000 per year that it was just tuition fee and I had to, you know, feed myself, feed myself. And well, obviously my brothers helped me a lot through my, uh, for my medical years. But back in the days as a foreigner in China, it was so many opportunities to work and so many opportunities to do, uh, businesses, even the small businesses, just to keep up with, you know, pocket money or just save some money for the, uh, rent, save some money for the uh, good clothes, good food. And my students' student experience was totally different from the ones that you could have, you know. I used to go to restaurants every day. <laughs> uh, I used to buy clothes every month, you know. It was, it was something different because it was, it was, it was good income. Okay, it, it came from logistical business? It didn't come just from logistical business. Uh, it also came from teaching English. Right, I had to do a lot of things. Yeah, it's a it's a very popular thing there to teach English. Yeah, yeah, it was it was easy because you know the university and you have some spare time um, and you have to use it to study. But I used to use it to teach English. Uh, after a while, it got a little bit harder because the more you are into medical school, you know, what third grade, fourth grade, uh, the subjects become more difficult. And well, I had to do something. Because I had to study and I had to uh, pay my, you know, pay my bills. So I decided, uh, why not? You know, I, every summer I come back to Tajikistan. So uh, my parents are here and uh, I could do something. And I had a lot of friends, a lot of uh, Tajik friends, Chinese friends. The good thing about Chinese people, they're very, very, very friendly. The more you hang out with them, the more you meet them, the more you feel like they kind of want to help you, you know, as a foreigner, they're very guessful, especially at my area of China. I was in Northeast. It was very close to Russia. People in China, in South and in North, they're totally different. They have different mentalities. Southern people are more, and Northern people are more guessful, more guessful. And they, they really do want to help some foreigners and they're very friendly. And I think it happened because over the years, there are more foreigners in South and North. But later on, you know, foreigners start coming to the North side of China as well. As a person who was living there for nine to 10 years, can you tell me, tell me about your perception of China? Not only including people, but uh, let's talk about, for example, business sphere there. There was a common conception of China 15 years ago where the country was perceived as a as a factory for cheap toys, you know, uh, for cheap goods and cheap labor. And uh, was it like this back then when you were inside? And how did it change during these like, last 15 years? All right. Uh, I came right at a time when 
It was the middle. They were getting out of that cheap toy store factory place and they were moving towards building something very good, a bigger empire or bigger business empire. And they developed really, really fast. I mean, one day you wake up, you see something different. The other day you wake up, you see something different and the people are hardworking, really, really hardworking. But it was a good tactic. What I noticed, what I noticed when I was in China, there were less foreigners back in the days when I just went there. Less foreigners. And um, I, we used to go to some hospitals or I used to go to some private hospitals or some companies, for example. So what did they do? They invited specialists from different countries. Pay them good. They treat them good. And they just learned from them. Whatever they learned and they added their, their own experience in any sphere and just developed something unique. That's why um, back in the days you could say, oh, this thing is made in China. Right now, you'd be like, oh, this, this Chinese sea stuff actually good. So in any sphere, in the medical sphere, in, uh, you know, producing sphere, producing any kind of goods products, they've become better and better day by day. So the goods are actually getting more sophisticated. Yes. And to be honest, to be honest, there's this thing I've seen uh, with my own eyes. Back in the days, whenever we used to ship, th- ship something to back, back to Tajikistan. What were you shipping? Uh, sneakers. Yeah. You could buy a lot of AJs. There, there is, there is, there's a thing for shoes in, uh, in China called AA. AA is a good copy of something. Sometimes the copy is so good that you cannot differentiate it from the original, but it's a lot more cheaper. It's called luxury copy here in our stores. Yeah, yeah. luxury copy. There, there you go. So I used to send um, sneakers. I used to actually sell shoes from south of China, and I used to sell them in north of China. <laughs> because there are a lot of foreigners. <laughs> because there are a lot of foreigners and a lot of... You Chinese people used to buy it from me too as well. Uh, I've never lied that it's a, it's a good, or it's a original, but, um, yeah, we had some, <laughs> what was the bargain? Like you buy for $10 and sell for 50, like something like this. Uh, well, $10 back in the day. If you, if you, if you don't say the uh, exact amount of money, you could say something like that, not 50, but maybe 30 and it would be cheaper for, for friends, you know? All right. So within, within China, everything is easy. All right. They developed the better system. They worked on it, you know, day by day. The only problem is the customs in here. Uh, I don't think we have those companies that, except of this small thing called Tespost, back in the days it was there as well, but it's very expensive. Tespost was very expensive to ship things with uh, by plane. How much was it? I mean, you could buy a $30 thing and it would be $30 for shipping it. Yeah, I mean, it was expensive, but it, it's obvious because it was by plane. And we found out that we could just whatever goods we have, if it's a small amount, if we don't have like a big container of things, we can buy or rent some space in the trucks and they would count it for their own benefit as well. If it's beneficial for them to count it by kilo, they were, they would they count it by kilo. It's beneficial for them. If it's a big stuff. If they uh, count it by square meter inside the container. <laughs> They would count it like that. Mm-hmm. So we used to just ship it there. But the only problem, as I said, it was the customs in here because if I ship something from China back in the days, it used to take a month or two weeks. Not good for perishable goods. Um, yeah, it's not good. That's why 
Uh, the only problem is if you want to do a business in here, you have to gather your client base and you have to supply by the demand, right? People don't have patience. Simply people don't have patience. I mean, if I would say I would sell you this glass for, you know, twice cheaper than you want to buy it in a store, but it will just come in a month. You'd be like, uh, you know, I'm just going to go buy it. That's how you, you lose a client. Uh, did it change from 2011? It changed a lot. There were different companies that you could send goods to Tajikistan faster. But if you send them from Urumqi, for example, send them from Urumqi because we, it's closer to Kaskar and the border is closer, it would be faster. And uh, you would have to know some good logistic companies because the logistic companies, the trucks or the people who own the companies, they, well, you know, they have friends in the customs. They just cut the line and just, you know, uh, get their stuff easy. Mm-hmm. Is there any like medical, because you're involved in medical business, any medical technologies that you introduced to Tajikistan? Later on, there was this company called Mindray. It was just a small thing. It was unexpected in the beginning. It was, I think, 2017 or 18. With my brother, we went to uh, Expo in Guangzhou. Every year, there's an Expo in Guangzhou with a different type of stuff. So I went to the um, medical section and I saw this um, ultrasound, Doppler ultrasound. It's a it's an ultrasound for um, for the vessels. I was thinking, if there is something like this, because in Tajikistan, they're always, you know, back in the days, people thought that the German, the European stuff, like the European companies are always better and less longing. But that's because they were ne- they've been never introduced to a good quality Chinese uh, product, but there are. There are so many good products. There's a thing, it came to back to my point that um, there's a thing I told you I've seen in my eyes back in the days, whenever they're shipping goods and in the boxes, they were written only for Tajikistan and only for USA. It's the same thing, but different quality. And that is because we demanded such thing back in the days in, in our businessmen, they used to get a lot of cheap stuff as to bring it here. And it's understandable. Uh, lucky for us, companies started doing this, you know, uh, representative things and consultant things, right? Like, for example, I go to a company in China and I know they're this kind of company or this kind of thing can be needed in China. I mean, in Tajikistan, I'll be making a contract with them. I'll be just a middleman. I'll be representative of the, of the company. Yeah, I would say like, look, I would find you a hospital, so I'll find you customers who would like to purchase these products and I would put something on top of it. That's it. Or you could give you some persons just off of the uh, income. So that's how we started bringing some of the uh, ultrasound machines in, in, in the city. Those they introduced, already introduced it in the hospitals? Yeah. They already, our hospital, for example, they have it, two or three of those machines. Uh, can you tell in what hospital they work? I work in the Republican Scientific Center of Cardiovascular Surgery, one-of-a-kind center. There's no such centers in the whole country. It has a big patient inflow. So we needed this kind of things, especially vascular surgery. There's only one vascular surgery department in the whole country. And it's all powered by Chinese technology? Well, not all of it. We get things from different uh, countries as well. But yeah, most of the things that we use, use uh, Chinese uh, you you were machines. mentioning that 
collaboration between Tajik business and Chinese business was just like companies requesting cheap stuff from China and then they ship it in a separate box with lower quality. But but now you said as your mindset changed that you have to become a representative or a middleman. I want to ask, um, do a lot of people do the way you do it now? Like, how does this trade within China and Tajikistan work? Well, that's the thing. People are just starting to do this kind of things. For example, since the moment, let's say since the moment, we have tax-free for the electric cars. People who were quick enough and smart enough and not lazy enough, they just got through the companies. I mean, just simple students, simple guys who graduated in China, uh, you know, online found some uh, emails or the, uh, you know, contacts of the factories that produce uh, electric cars. The good thing about Chinese people or Chinese factories is that if you're the first and you begin to work with them, and if within your, within your contract, within your oral contract or a written contract, doesn't matter. Uh, you say that I would be the only person in this country who would be bringing your products. Between the businessmen, there's no any kind of contract written legal contract. So if you are a factory and I'm coming to you and I'd be like, let's do business. I'm going to buy like 10 cars from you. Next time, if anybody would come contact you and they will say they're from, they're shipping into Tajikistan, you would say, go find this person and order it through him. Sort of a monopoly thing, but it's sort of a monopoly thing, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a hunger game. So <laughs> you just have to not be lazy and start do digging your own your own path. Do you think this kind of trend will continue into the next decade? This is just a beginning. We will start bringing the better quality things, for example, and with, with this rope, right? We are a small country. If we have different type of uh, businessmen doing the same thing, it would be a chaos. So I think if it's two, three people who are uh, having a competition between each other, bring goods from China, for example, specific goods, right? Like you and I, for example, we bring, let's say, laptops. We can keep the fee at, the, at one level. That's monopolish. Yeah, we could keep the, it, it is monopoly, but it, it, this is how you do a business in here. This is how you do a business in here because once, if the goods price would drop, no one would have interest in it. That's the first thing. And secondary, uh, you would slowly go bankrupt. I'm not saying it's uh, everyone like should do their own thing, right? But don't come into it with your own rules. Don't come in with it with your own uh, do you power. Maybe anticipate any shifts in goods that been imported will be imported in Tajikistan, or maybe do you anticipate any industries that are gonna dominate in the Tajik Chinese trade? Well, <laughs> as you mentioned it, actually, um, it's a Working process, right? It's a working process, but to be honest, there's there's slightly a thing that I want to do, that I want to do to change people's mind, to help them to get a better healthcare. Not better, at least better in financial way. And also to do good for them. I mean, obviously you could see that an average income of a person, a middle-class person in Tajikistan, how much? 4,000, 5,000 as well? Average? No, 2,500. Well, yeah, there you go. Two th- you know you know better. 
2,500, right? It's including people living in capital. Yeah, that, that's it's at two hundred fifty dollars approximately. Yeah, worldwide, one of the most problems of uh, uh, the population of the world is um, heart disease. Yeah, cardiovascular. Yeah, I mean, so it, the, yeah, the, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see my work as a businessman seriously. I I, I have a big patient passion for my work. Actually, uh, there are certain things I quit doing. Because I wanted to spend more time, even my job was less financially good. Is it is it medicine less financially profitable than trade with China? Yeah, I mean, selling sneakers. A, business, a businessman would always have more money than a doctor, especially here, always, because a businessman can make, um, let's say, if he get lucky, he can make ten k a day. 20k a day. Well, first things first, we don't do it for the money. Firstly, we do it for for the benefit of the people, right? Okay, and how does it connect it with uh, your anticipation of industry that's taking over? Okay, that's 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 where the interesting part comes. Recently, we went to Dubai, right? Uh, it was me and a professor, and there was this expo in Dubai, and they had this medical spheres, right? If you would be a businessman, in if you bring something from uh, from Europe or America, you know how the quality is. You know how to operate with these things, and you know that it has uh, its, for example, FDA approved. Mm-hmm. There is a thing called FDA approved for medical uh, products, right? Or a lot of products. And you would see something Chinese just because of the misconception of the people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, misconception of the people. You wouldn't even consider that, but. When I was in China, when I was in Chinese hospitals, right? This is the mentality of Tajik that's still... Not just Tajik, Central people from Central Asia as well. Like, they still believe in that. They still believe in that. Until now, there are certain things that are important in our countries. They're still, you know, lower quality. Still lower ah, quality. So there is a basis for that. Yeah, so you have to, in order to just get this thing going, you just have to slowly, slowly make a plan... Change people's minds, you know? Okay. I mean, who is building our buildings? You could see the Chinese uh, characters all the way in the in the city, right? Obviously, if we, if 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 you know people from uh, you know higher positions, they would think that Chinese people would make something bad. They wouldn't hire them to build the building, right? Maybe because they give them loans. The thing is. They could give them loans, and we could we could take loans from 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 China and order you know the workers and the specialists from different countries and using their loans, right? That doesn't work like that because in a, in a contract it's like it's been working like this for the for in, the entire time. I mean, we can take loans from Russia, right? No, but Russia is different example. Ex- that's what I'm yeah, saying. But China but, is different example because yeah, but China they know and the people know our people know as well. I mean, uh, high status people that. If they want to, they can make this. That was my point. I I know, I know. I'm sure. I know because um, once you go and you once you live in China, you could actually see mm-hmm. they would do anything, anything. If you just say him to do it like this, like let's say this microphone, I want it to be beautiful, but I want it to be working for like you know maximum one month. They will just do it. They will just do it to you. 
And you, you could ask him, I want a higher quality of that. They would just do whatever you want because they have the plans. They know they will just supply and whatever by your needs. Why? Because they like this, they, um, put a higher customer service for them. The more they did over the years, more people understood that we could get anything from China. Uh -huh. Even the bigger companies, basically. But if they understood, why can't we? Why can't our people? So back uh, to the point of uh, problem. Uh, what was the problem in here, right? The problem is, first we started with the uh, average income, right? And then the payment for the official payment for, for example, putting a stent, you know, the, uh, whenever people have, uh, heart problems, mm -hmm. basically it called the, the disease called ischemic heart disease. Ischemic heart disease is whenever you are the vessels that supply blood to the heart, to the muscles of the heart, um, they get narrowed, they get smaller, right? Because diabetes, because some people have high lipid density, they, you know, especially in Tajikistan, we eat Oshkorotop and all, the, all that together and we drink the Coke on top of it. So obviously it's, it's harmful. And over the years, uh, men and above 50, these are the risk factors and smoking people, uh, have the higher chance of getting uh, ischemic heart disease. Now imagine it's a less invasive procedure without doing an open surgery. And we put stents. Stents are the small titanium, uh, like making the uh, vessels go wider and they stay inside the vessel. So there would be a better blood supply. So my point is, uh, this kind of procedures and these stents themselves, they're very expensive. Even though it's been, even though we call it a uh, new technology, right? They're still expensive almost $2,000 to put one stand. And with our salaries. And with our salaries, it's right? It's impossible to afford that. People gather, take loans, go to banks. I mean, obviously it doesn't matter how much you have. You have a lot, you don't have anything. Your health is most important, right? So what's your plan here? So my plan is there, uh, as we went to Dubai, there was this FDA approved com uh, company. They make their own stats, right? Their own uh, balloons, or dilation, and we're talking about uh, importing things from there as well. Because, for example, in China, uh, one stent could cost $100 tops. And there are patients who need four or five stents or three stents, and it would be a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit controversial here because <laughs> I want to get into business and make it cheaper. And a while ago, I said... <laughs> A while ago, I said you don't come to the own rules, but this is a little bit different because I think it's firstly beneficial for the people. So the plan is to start importing of those stamps. Yeah, right now we're using all over the um, hospitals that they're using stands and they could do uh, endovascular procedures. Everyone is using the stands from the United States called Medtronic. In Tajikistan. Yeah. That's why it's to sound nurse. I mean, yeah, that's why it's expensive. I mean, with all the taxes, with all the things. I mean, I gave you a rough fee for that. Mm -hmm. It's very expensive. So I ask around from the doctors who actually do that, right? I'm a traditional surgeon and they are uh, endovascular, that's what you call them. 
I asked them, what if you bring this Chinese stuff? It's a lot more cheaper. And, you know, the more you give away, because out of 10 people who has to do go through stenting, five of them choose not to. Mm-hmm. Firstly, if you do it cheaper, it will be beneficial for those people. Secondary, we would have more patients. So I'll ask the doctors why we cannot do that. They said, the moment, the moment our people hear the stats are made in China, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have to tell it, we have to tell them. Even, even in China, in the Chinese hospitals, we used to go there and we see this procedure. We used to, when, we were, when I was an intern, they used to tell to the patient, there are three types of stents. There's Americans, there's Japanese, and there's Chinese. Obviously, the, the duration of their work, two years, right? But this is something shouldn't concern a person, a patient, because first things first, even a healthy person doesn't know how long they're going to live, right? Mm-hmm. Secondary, even though after five years, max out, the Americans, you have to change those stats as well, right? Back in the days, back in the days, it was maybe like six, seven years ago. Back in the days, the um, maximum usage of the Chinese stance was two to three years. And Americans was four to five years. Now they developed the better, you know, better technologies and they learn new things. Uh, they are FDA approved and they have the same capability of the other stents from other countries. So this is so this is the main risk that you consider the reaction of the patients. Yes, this this is what the, this is what the doctor they're saying that they all the moment they hear is from made in China. Uh-huh. Because let's say a guy from a family from Baghdad, he has two children, they work in Russia and uh, their father is here working and you know here and there. And one day he, he, he's old, he's having a, you know, heart problems. He comes and he has to go through procedure and he doesn't have financials. So obviously what they do, they take money, they take a loan or they, whatever saving they have, they use it after that. It's more stressful. Do you see any other risks like I don't know. Uh, you said customs may be a huge risk, and then uh, you have to find a good logistic company. Can you go through all the store, all the story that uh, you've been uh, telling us today, and uh, summarize what can be done to maximize the profit of this trade with China, and then what we can do to minimize all the risks? I'll tell you. So, I mean, I didn't want to go into the politics, but there's always. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go through it because you're getting something from a from country where is everything systemized, civilized, and you have to bring it to a place where you have to have your own connections or you have to give away something here, give away something there. Usually white people, businessmen burn out. Like, for example, there are a bunch of guys, they're creative, are willing to put a work, but there's always, there's something whenever they try to go up, something keeps them down. This something is a little bit of higher power. Uh, not just higher power, actually not the higher power, it's just same people who work in those fields, right? Because it became such a hard time right now in the country. Everyone has to do something in order to get something, make an average living to help their family, to feed their family, right? It's understandable as well. I know that not everyone who work in, for example, customs or any kind of different country of, uh, companies, they're like bad 
they make bad decisions and they sometimes may be like pressed here and there just because they have to do their own thing as well. They have their families, they have their health problems, right? As my mentor says, it's uh, two ends of the same line. I'm trying to do bad for good for a living. Person who is not letting me, he's trying to, <laughs> or letting me, but you know, he's taking some something from me. He's trying to do the same. That would be a little bit problematic. On the other side, if you have good connections, willing to share, you're in a position to help me out. You know, I share some of my things from the pocket with you. Help me out. I get it. It's not nothing illegal, but it just I help you to help me. Sort of illegal, uh, not a f maybe not officially, but uh, yeah, it, it counted. What other ways we have? Uh, we have to change the entire system, <laughs> like reforms in every. But we cannot do that. Hopefully, recently, actually, I'm seeing a lot of new things. You know, a lot of facilities and faculties that deal with this kind of things. They're trying to normalize things. Actually, can you elaborate? Can I elaborate on that? For example, no taxes for electric costs. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back because it's it's for me, it's it's wow. For 10 years, we cannot do that. We don't have to pay tax when Uzbekistan has to pay 110%. <laughs> That's a lot. So uh, it's actually a good thing. So see, even in that, I think it helped a lot. It helped to change the city. It helped, uh, you know. Um, so we need more tax-free regimes. Tax-free regimes, I mean, obviously, whenever you go to the customs, you have to uh, wait in lines and, you know, it, it's a long procedure. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. It's still better. It's still better than before. Okay. What do you think the role of China was in Central Asia and how do you perceive it now? And are we getting actually in a worse, worse position because we are more dependent on China? Or what do you think? Like the role of China in Central Asia is for the good of the people or there are something like, yeah, risks? I think, I mean, I, every time if I've, I've heard this question a lot of time and every time I hear this question, there's one thing it comes to my mind. I've read it somewhere that Napoleon said, uh, let China sleep because once it's wake up, it's going to tremble the world. That was Napoleon's words. I mean, obviously he meant it as a powerful country, but if you think about it, they are taking over everything. Most of the industries, they are taking over the bigger companies. They're taking over the uh, manufacturing companies. I mean, they've been using it, but they're now they're using it as becoming one of the highest, uh, the highest levels, right? Before we knew that it was made in China. And we were like, okay, now slowly, slowly getting into that thing that, okay, this, this is, this, this is made in China. It's actually nice. Huawei, come on. It's better than iPhone right now. <laughs> I mean, obviously who knew that a Chinese phone would be getting to the level of an iPhone. So what you're saying is we just have to adopt and develop our own policies. Yeah, we have to. That's the thing. If we dance with someone, we have to make our own moves and we have to know our own values. Right. We have to know our, um, we have to make our positions clear. All right. We're doing a trade with you. We don't have to owe someone something. For example, like, let's say I helped you out with something and there's quid pro quo, right? You owe me something right now. So we don't, we don't want to get into that and make trades. Also, we can develop our own things to, you know, it would be, um, a dual trade. What can we sell to China? Fruits? Obviously, I mean, uh, fruits, the, the, the Chinese cuisine and the Chinese people's taste is a lot different than ours. 
So I don't think... A dual trade sounds like a very futuristic... Oh yeah, dual trade could be is, is very futuristic. But if you use their own their own weapon, let's say, we learn. We have a... Our people have capability of learning faster way. The only problem with us is we're lazy people. Sorry to say that. They're, they're lazy. We are okay with a minimal wage. When there's so many opportunities to get up, to work on it, to get a better position, get a better place. And I think education-wise, education-wise, we could learn a lot of new things and go to China and be as a specialist as well. Because the doors are always open. If I want to go to Dubai or I want to go to the United States to work as a surgeon, I have to pass through all these exams. Documentation takes a really long time. But in China, I could do it a lot more easier. Why? Because the doors are open now. There's going to be a time when the doors are not going to be open. So I think we have to use the opportunity, seize the moment, one shot. And this inspirational line. Yeah, let's uh, let's finish it up. Thank you, Firdas, for coming to the show. It was a very fascinating story, filled with interesting curveballs, uh, plot twists. Plot twists. Yeah, <laughs> Chinese goods are actually getting better, but the perception is not changing, and it has the basis in it that we still consume the lower quality uh, stuff and. And hopefully with your business, then uh, it's going to go good. And uh, we have less cardiovascular diseases in the country. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Appreciate it.